In 1904, a man was born that would change the gambling world in a huge way. He would begin as a manager of small-time dice games in Dallas and work his way up to hosting the World Series of Poker in Las Vegas. Oh, and he would do all this by murdering the crap out of anyone who got in his way. Today on HBH, we are once again straddling the thin line between history and true crime and telling you all about this guy's wild-ass ride. Dramatically slam back a shot of whiskey, push your chips into the middle of the table, and go all in with us on this episode of 100 Proof History titled Benny Binion. Poker in the front, murder in the back. This is 100 Proof History. We're drinking whiskey and talking history. So, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy a few laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other. Here are your hosts, Chris and Greg. Hello, lady listeners. And dude listeners, Ooh. welcome in to another episode of 100 Proof History. Yeah, welcome to the podcast that will be the best decision you ever made, or the worst decision you ever made. You ever heard of a Russian roulette? 50-50. It's, it's time to spin the chamber. I mean, you have better odds on this show yeah. than Russian roulette, <laughs> but yeah, you know, flip, flip a coin. You might still want to kill yourself after you listen to this, so. It's possible. <laughs> I am your main host, Greg. Yeah, and I am your uh, sexy-ish host, Chris. Today we are talking about Benny Binion. What a crazy fucking story this is. This was suggested to us by our acquaintance. I won't call him a friend. A person we both know, uh, Nick, who left us a voicemail suggesting this. If you guys didn't listen to our last hangover, he suggested this. We yeah. played the voicemail. Shame uh, on you if you didn't, by the I, way. I know. We're giving you free content that we're about to start charging you for, but you know, whatever. I don't want free stuff. If somebody's not listening to the free shit, they're definitely not going to be charged <laughs> for it. So, um, yeah, it it's a wild story. I wasn't super stoked about it. Yeah, because I hadn't heard of him right at all, it's, which is pretty crazy. Right? Yeah, in, in of itself, a- after yeah. getting into the story, it's like, how the fuck have I never heard of this dude? It, yeah, and especially since we're from Texas and this has Texas ties, and uh, you would think that he would last left some sort of imprint on Texas as much as he did in this area. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's almost like non-existent. Like you can't find much trace of him. Right. But still, yeah, it's, it's a crazy fucking story. And I'm, I'm pretty excited to get into it. Well, won't you tell us about uh, our source? Okay. Our main source today is, all right, bear with me. It's a long title. Blood Aces, The Wild Ride of Benny Binion, the Texas Gangster Who Created Vegas Poker by Doug J. Swanson. Great book. Are you done? Yeah, that was okay. it. Yeah, that was it. That was it. It's man. A, it's actually I fell uh, asleep halfway through. It's a really great book. Uh, lots of stuff as usual that we can't get to that are just interesting anecdotes and stuff like that. We hit the high points where we can. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy. It's a great, not only true crime book, but also a great history book for two major cities. So hitting the high points. Yeah. Chris hits the highs and Greg hits low. <laughs> actually, can't hit highs at all. No, no. I've been thrown out of multiple karaoke places for. You've trying just to got sing. super mid range voice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> super gay Kermit voice. Like, don't ask me to go anywhere else. <laughs> okay. Uh, what are you drinking today, Chris? Uh, today I am drinking Wild Turkey One Hundred and One. Mm, that's such a good one. I do love this one. It's you know it is probably the best bourbon you can buy for twenty bucks. Yeah. I, it's surprising that it is twenty bucks. Well, that and Old Granddad One Fourteen. Yeah, that one really is good too, but. The reason I'm drinking this, Greg, is because 
uh, Benny Binion was a real wild turkey, if, hey. you, know, if you know what I mean. So, okay. And then, yes, uh, the story, he was born in uh, 1904, which was over 101 years ago. So there you go. Yep. Nice, neat little tie-in. Well, we did intimate last time that... These tie-ins are getting a little much. Yeah. So we're just going to start drinking what we want what we want to yeah. drink. But you're still going to maybe force it, force a tie-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, I'm drinking Old Forester 1910. It's an old fine whiskey. And it's relevant because Benny Binion was born in 1906, and 1910 happened within his lifetime. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, Greg... We do need to mention our website. We do. It's uh, 100proofhistory.com. Yeah. There you can find links to all of our uh, previous episodes, to our social media accounts. Uh, Instagram is where we're most active, that and Facebook. Yeah. And uh, pretty soon there'll be a link to our Patreon. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to, you know, just flash a little titty at us, that's how you do it. <laughs> Patreon. Uh, well, speaking of Patreon, we do have a little bit of news here. Uh, after this episode, we're going to record our last free hangover. Yeah, number, number 10. Number 10. Uh, that will release on March 16th. That week, we're going to launch our Patreon. So following that, any hangovers you want to hear are going to be under that you know little umbrella of Patreon donations. Also, any Patreon listener is going to get two days early access. And like we told you last time, uh, we're soon going to be releasing on Thursdays to try and give our friends in the in the community, the podcasting community, a little more breathing room that we're not overlapping, stepping on each other's toes all the time. And so, and also, so our editor Wolf Dick, mm-hmm. um, those of you that don't know, he's an invalid that basically is our producer slash mm-hmm. editor. It gives him a, a couple more days to have a buffer to to get those episodes out early. Yeah, and we give more animal crackers that way too. Just, you know, what'd you call them? Animal crackers? Okay. What did, what did it sound like? I don't know. I thought I heard anal crackers. <laughs> I don't know. That was my nickname in high school. Sounds like a racist interracial porn site. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the guys that knew me in high school founded it. There's lots of pictures of me on it, so. Very nice. Go check out analcrackers.org. He couldn't get .com. It was taken. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Gregory. Are you ready to learn about Benny Binion? He shrugged. Okay. I mean, I already know about it. Oh, he already does. Okay. All right, listener. Are you ready to learn about Benny Binion? I think they are. Oh, they are so ready. Prepare the auditory cavity Mm. for insertion Mm. of this knowledge. Oh, yeah. I like that. I I like that. That might be the best tagline we've come up with. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. All right, let's do it. Benny Binion was born Lester Ben Binion on November 20th, 1904 in the now non-existent Texas town of Pilot Grove. He suffered through a lot of childhood illnesses and barely attended school. By the time he was 10, he had spent four years in the second grade. Who doesn't, right? Yeah. Yeah, At least three. Yeah, that's pretty common. You know, I did that on purpose so I could be the big kid and beat up all the little kids. Didn't work out. It did did not work at all. (laughs) And so, one day his dad, who was a massive drunk, Wolf Dick, give me something, came in and said, well, he's going to die anyhow, so I'm just going to take him with me. And so, Benny became a 10-year-old traveling horse salesman. Who hasn't? You know, that was my my dream as a 10-year-old. I either wanted to be a Ghostbuster or a horse salesman. I wanted to be a robot. Mm, Yeah, dreams just don't work out for you. No. Never sold a horse. 
Never busted a ghost. You have so many emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly hatred. Life isn't fair. <laughs> it really isn't. While traveling with his dad, Benny learned all about how to con the local suckers into buying the shit-tier horses that he and his dad were selling. He soon fell in with the gamblers and translated these skills into getting tourists into card games full of hustlers and cheaters. When he was 18, Benny moved to El Paso, where he started bootlegging liquor across the border. I guess we should note that this is during Prohibition era, and maybe someday do a show on Prohibition, even though it's a giant fucking topic. It is. Yeah. Uh, but that's when this topic takes place, and so you had to sneak liquor everywhere across the country. It was illegal in the United States, in case people are not aware of what Prohibition was. Mm-hmm. Benny was arrested and put in jail. One day, a jailer asked Benny to get some confiscated liquor out of lockup for a judge to use as evidence in a trial. Along the way, he made an imprint of the key and sent it out of the jail. Which, this is our second story in a row where somebody makes a copy of a fucking key yeah. from jail. Yeah, he didn't get a cake, though, so he's probably pretty sad. Yeah. Like, it just showed up in a fucking... Yeah, I wish I got a fucking cake instead of a bunch of liquor access. Come on, man. (laughs) A few days later, he got the jailer drunk on the evidence, called a friend who showed up with a copy of the key, and they all stole a truckload of liquor from the jail. But that cake would have been so much better. It would have. Get out of town. Imagine if their friends are loading up the liquor, and you're sitting there just eating a pineapple upside down cake while they do it. You can have both. You can have your cake and steal liquor, too. I don't know, man. I just don't see it. <laughs> then, for reasons lost to history, at the age of 19, Benny Binion headed for Dallas, Texas. Would the reason not be because he was in El Paso? Yeah. Like, I mean, anywhere else? <laughs> yeah. You know? He's like, man, this is... Dart. Throw a dart on the map. Yeah. It's like middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Well, I guess I'm... It's meant to be. Drowning. <laughs> <laughs> you got really tired of those old El Paso taco kits. Like, these things are shit. Oh, and they come with the salsa that you just throw in the trash immediately, right? Yeah, like, come on, man. I've never even opened one. (laughs) There could be gold in there, I wouldn't know. Like, oh, no. Oh, no. This thing costs me $5 and it comes with salsa. Mm -hmm. You're out of town. Taco shells that somehow never go bad. They've been on the shelf since like 1988. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't blame him. El Paso sucks. Fuck anyone who's listening in El Paso. Love you, El Paso. Sorry about your recent tragedies. Well, like I said, he left El Paso to go to Dallas, and let's take a small breather right here in the Benny Binion story to talk about the history of Dallas, the show. You ready? Okay. Yeah. So, J.R. Ewing, he got shot. I still don't know who did it. It was all a dream, the end. Okay. That's good, because that's more than I knew. The city of Dallas was founded in 1841 by John Neely Bryan as a trading post on the Trinity River. Bryan would later develop cholera and a drinking problem and would migrate to California to prospect for gold. It did not go well for him. He would then return to Dallas, where he shot and killed a man who insulted his wife. Dude, everybody shot and killed somebody in Dallas back then. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, they still do. Yeah, they kind of do. It's, it's kind of a problem. It's a little <laughs> bit of a problem. But, like, you imagine somebody walking by and saying, man, your wife's handbag sure does look stupid. Shot! Shot, shot! And you're dead. F- fuck you. You can't do that anymore. Can't get away with that. You know, they have to insult, like, her purse, not her handbag, as we've discussed before. Yes. Yeah. It has to be more formal. Yes. The casual, they're going to be like, whatever, dude. Well, John Neely Bryan spent a little time in the Confederate Army, but left when he went crazy. In 1877, he was admitted to the State Lunatic Asylum in Austin, where he died seven months later and was buried in an unmarked grave. To be fair, even mm. in modern days, a lot of Austin is a lunatic asylum. <laughs> oh, I like it. 
Get them, Greg. Get Austin. What? <laughs> I like Austin. It's just, it's out there. I do think it's interesting that the you know city of Dallas was founded by a man who just went fucking crazy and killed somebody and you know buried in a pauper's grave. And he's like, oh, well, whatever. City's still fine. I don't care about this crazy motherfucker. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, Dallas itself tried to present a conservative Christian image, but like most major cities, it had a seedy underbelly. Hmm. Much like your mother. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for finishing there and not inside. I don't need any more siblings. Just, you know. I know she's she's probably past that part of her life, <laughs> but, you know, you never know. <laughs> I was just looking at you, just smiling like, uh, does, does Chris know about biology of the human? Hey, I don't know anything. The flowering process of I a think young it, woman. I think I've made it pretty clear on the show I know nothing about women. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I, I just insult them because they won't touch me. That's the only reason I'll do this. I'm basically an incel. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> They're all whores because they don't want to be with me. Yeah, they all have sex with everyone but me. Whores. Whores. <laughs> In 1846, 51 men were indicted for gambling at the saloon. They had been betting on rat and badger fights. I want to be indicted on that. I, You know what? We try and avoid being political on this show. We really do. But when you say make America great again, this is what pops in my mind. I can't go to the bar and watch a rat fight a badger anymore. What happened to our country? Where did we go wrong? Wait, I thought they were rat fights and badger fights. I don't... I, Are they rats fighting badgers? Yes. Badger's going to win every time. You think? Yes. Oh. Maybe it was just... <sighs> like... Every single time. Maybe it was just rats fighting each other and it badgers for fighting each other. It had to have been, right? Yeah, I don't know. Are badgers indigenous to Dallas? Where are they getting these badgers? I don't know. I don't need no stinking badgers. Just go steal them from the zoo. You don't need no stinking badgers. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, it took me a second. Catch yeah, up. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> We've had some drinks. <laughs> also, Dallas was home to an area known as Frogtown, or the Reservation. They fight those two? Yep, they fight frogs. God damn it. How does that work? That'd be the most boring fucking fight ever. They just inject them full of, like, steroids for eight <laughs> weeks. <laughs> this muscle-bound frog. <laughs> yeah. It's a singing competition. <laughs> they come in, they both sing that Hello, My Baby song and start tipping their hat. W-W-W-B. Woo! Located on the edge of the Central Business District is what they call it today. It's basically downtown Dallas. Uh, Frogtown was a zone where prostitution was legally sanctioned. One, mm. of, yeah. Again, I don't know. I, you know, when it's legal, yeah, <laughs> it loses Whatever. a bit of the thrill. I'll stay at home. Is this guy an undercover, a girl, an undercover cop, or you know? But when it's you know, seedy, yeah, and you might get caught for strangling the prostitute. Mm. Yeah, then it's that's when you. Uh, that's what's fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do know what you mean. But when it's like just uh, a regular legal or no. overlooked business transaction. Yeah. Uh, you uh, know. I do know what you mean, but from the other side, I'm usually the, the one getting strangled. Mm. Which, you know, my prices are low, people. Hit me up in the comments. <laughs> one of the main brothel owners was Dr. www.samuel.com, who now has a street park and a high school named after him in dallas good stuff yeah good samaritan city hero nice christian town <laughs> eventually the puritans won out though and the law was passed that said the prostitutes in Frogtown couldn't hang out naked in the doorway anymore the brothels had to install screen doors <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love those like loopholes those yeah. legal bypasses where yeah. it's like 
No, you got to put a door on these things. You can't stand there naked. It's like, okay, well, here's a glass door or a screen door. Kids these days don't understand this. Look deep into my vagina now. <laughs> <laughs> Just pressed up against the screen door. It's got like the, uh, the stirrups from a gynecologist's <laughs> office. It's right there. Just like, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. got a door now. You fucking Puritan pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, hey, the flies Make are it piling so much up worse. against the door, trying to get to that odor. Asshole just pressed against the door, <laughs> bouncing back and forth. The screen's about to pop. Kids these days don't understand the trouble we went through in our youth. Mm-hmm. You know, now porn is everywhere. Like it's you pull it up anytime, anywhere. Back in our day, it was basically it was on your cable, but it was scrambled. That's, yeah, that's kind of what I imagine this situation is. You're trying to peer through this screen door, Spice this channel, fine mesh, and you're like, "Oh, what? What is that? Is that a nipple? I don't know." And also, back then, all the ladies were jumbled looking. People don't know that they just happen to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they look like they're pixelated. And- Everything was in black and white, low resolution back yeah. then. That's what they dealt with. They I'm sh- glad I was born with these 4K eyes. That's right. You know, they should bring back black and white porn. They oh. they do. It's called interracial. If you want to search, if you want to search for it, <laughs> woo! Still got it. Well, like prostitution, it wasn't hard to find whiskey in Dallas, even in the middle of prohibition. The lawmen of Dallas didn't care about prohibition or were on the take from bootleggers, but occasionally they had to make a show of raiding the speakeasies or seizing liquor. On July twelfth, nineteen twenty nine. Sheriff Hal Hood dumped 5,000 gallons of whiskey into the gutters. And mm. Just crying. I just hate single him. Single tear. You know that old Native American looking at the pollution? That's me right now thinking about 5,000 <laughs> gallons of whiskey going into the gutters. Imagine me if this was happening. <laughs> I would just lay down and try to press my body as much into, <laughs> like in between the street and the sidewalk as I could yeah. to form a dam. And then I would just put my face down and... <laughs> Until I died. You suck up some of those hypodermic needles and use condoms that are in the gutters of Dallas. They didn't have hypodermic needles back then. (laughs) Whatever. You don't know. You don't know hypodermic needle history. Nor did anyone use condoms. Uh, Yeah, they they had the sheepskin. They didn't use them. (laughs) That's why Michael Collins had seven fucking siblings, right? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's callback. Well, after he dumped the 5,000 gallons into the gutter, some prankster walked by and threw a match on the booze and set all of Main Street on fire. Hilarious. Yeah. Give me a fail horn for that, wolf dick, because, you know, way to play on that one, guys. Mm. Give him an animal cracker, Greg. Just toss it over there. Here you go, fucker. Kobe! Oh, it crashed into the mountain. Oh, 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 you did that last week. I can't do it this week. You can't? Okay. I'm also going to react to it, <laughs> much as you did. Luckily, in this blaze, no one was killed. Just a bunch of cars burned up, and you know, they were old cars. No big deal. <laughs> All a bunch of fire and Cayuga horns going off. Every car then was a new car. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know? That's true. I didn't think about it like that. This was like lighting a dealership on fire. Yeah. Oh, no, that was seven years' salary. It cost me $40. Ah! <laughs> when Benny Binion moved to Dallas, he joined in on the bootlegging game. He got the majority of his whiskey from the small town of Fairfield. The moonshine there was known for its purity and potency and its lack of lead or rye. Very important things. That's what I look for today when I buy whiskey. There's not lead in this, is there, sir? <laughs> uh, uh, it's not lead in fucking anything yeah. except ammunition. 
So that's a no? Yeah. That, Thank that was, you. It wasn't a very firm no. What about lie? <laughs> I am, yeah. I'm looking for a little bit of lie, not a lot. I, I want it to burn going down, but, you know, not... Eat kid. my insides? Yeah. Yeah? Oh, what a time it was in the 1920s. What a time to be alive. It's funny because rye kind of has that burn. Mm-hmm. And it's only one uh, one letter off. It is only one letter off. I think we're uncovering like some sort of conspiracy here. Hmm. We're on to you, big rye. Oh, we're going to be dead in no time. Mm-hmm. Worth it. Well, occasionally these moonshiners in Fairfield didn't produce enough, and so Benny would go into Dallas whiskey plants and threaten the operators and say anything produced th- between then and midnight was his. I like that strategy. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not a long-term hustle. Like, all right. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer you protection like the mafia did. You got to give me 10% of all your profits. It's just like, nope. Everything from now to then, mine. And then yeah. I'm gone. Just, that way they know there's like an end game. They're like, fuck. All right, we only have to do this for six hours. Yeah. Let's go. But you got to wonder about the quality of whiskey he's getting that's ready to go in six hours. I'm like, okay. You know, not going to age this shit at all. It's just going to be straight white dog moonshine. You think they were fucking aging anything during Prohibition? Actually... I will say this. It's not really aging. Uh, there is a joke here that when this Fairfield moonshiners, they produce too much, mm-hmm. Benny would take the jugs of moonshine, wrap them in burlap sacks, and bury them in cow pastures, and he called it aging. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't work. <laughs> oh, this has a light, uh, light cow shit taste. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting, getting hints of grass. Especially and- if they're in jugs, like... The aging yeah. happens because it's in the moving in and out of the wood. Yeah. It's inheriting uh, those flavors. Hey, hey. Yeah. Move this wood in and yeah. out of Sada. That's how your uncle aged people. Whoa. <laughs> Dude. Mm, too far? Don't bring up that trauma. I'm sorry. I did grow up young. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so this wouldn't that wouldn't work at all. No. It this was, is really stupid. Yeah, it is stupid. But he's kind of a stupid man, he although is, cunning. Yeah, he is a very dumb human it's it's weird how like he's very smart about certain well no i don't even think he's that smart about certain things he's just really fucking violent and gets away with it yeah yeah he's he's good with the hustle yep he's persistent mm, he insists upon himself yeah and uh you know honestly guys we gave you a lot of dallas backstory and all that mm-hmm. things are about to get pretty interesting oh yeah it's been a little bit uh tame so far but this story gets fucking wild. Yeah, wheels are going to come off. Just You uh-huh. got to get a little bit far down the road. If the wheels come off as soon as you're pulling out your driveway, it sucks, but you can get them back on. You're going down the highway at 70 miles an hour, and the wheels come off, you are dead. And that's what's about to happen to you guys. You're about to die. Yeah. No, that, that's Nice terrible. knowing you, listener. Terrible analogy. But anyway, let's continue the story. Benny began to get into trouble. He's arrested for tire theft, bootlegging, gambling, burglary, and felony theft, but he was never prosecuted. In 1929, he got into an accident, and an argument ensued. He and his son, Ted, would later say that a dozen men began to attack him, and so he ripped off his bumper and beat them all one by one. Dozen men. Like fucking hacksaw Jim Duggan from back in the day in the (laughs) WWF. Yeah. He'd just carry that two-by-four and just beat the fuck out of people with it. So they, but 12 of them. 12 of them. So apparently it was... And a, wrestling's fake as fuck. It was apparently... And he only did like three at a time, maybe. <laughs> well, apparently, Benny Binion got in an accident with a clown car, and they're all coming out there, and he's <laughs> just fucking plowing through him with the bumper. <laughs> Hits one guy, and just this eight-mile her- handkerchief comes flying out of his mouth. <laughs> 
parrots fly into the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Giant pants fall to the ground. You know, the fun clown stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually would like to beat a whole bunch of clowns to death with a bumper. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um. I'd like to kill a clown, too. <laughs> but, like, you know, when he's at home. And <laughs> Not in costume. <laughs> he's Yeah, he's come home to his family and. They're already asleep because he worked like a late night party or something. Yeah. And he's just in the bathroom, like taking off all his makeup. Yeah. You know what have you? Um, you sneak him. Life's up. hitting him particularly hard. Mm-hmm. He's having him, you know, a little glass of brandy. I feel like that's what clowns drink. Yeah, absolutely. So he's just doing that and kind of, kind of staring into the mirror at his own eyes, you know, reevaluating things. You know, as we all do from time mm-hmm. to time. And as he's doing that, like the door behind him just slowly. Open and then Halloween noises. And there's just me with a fucking knife, and I slit his throat, and he uh, dies. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not comedy, I don't know what is. So I was thinking Halloween noise, and then piano wire around the neck, and he just strangles him as you stare into his eyes in the mirror and just watch him. But look like alive. with his last fucking movement, like he's reaching up, like and you think he's gonna reach back and try to grab my hand to stop me, mm-hmm. but he just like grabs his own nose and <laughs> 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 just squeezes it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's dead. Oh, anything for a laugh. That's what the clowns will do. <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> he died doing what he loved. Yeah. <laughs> Being choked by a guy. Hmm. Yeah, but I, I laughed when he did that. Oh, okay, good. When, when he <laughs> squeaked to the nose. So like, I, I went, <laughs> no! Not even know, a full, I got back to business, not but a full, I chuckled. A full laugh, one of those internet blow nose, air out of your nose real hard. Like, that was funny. Maybe just like a... don't affect my erection right now (laughs) well it turns out that benny's bumper victims wasn't actually 12 men according to newspaper and police reports it was actually a middle-aged woman just one yeah not 12 dudes but he did rip it off the car that's still impressive i mean he beat a woman with it not so impressive what were they attached to cars with in those days like twine (laughs) you know yeah who knows i don't know either well, around Dallas, within the Dallas Police Department, he then became known as the bumper beater, even though he would never be prosecuted for that charge either. Mm. I'm telling you, MAGA, let's bring back this time where I can just beat people with my car bumper and nothing happens to me. And now, you know, it's a big, long, drawn-out thing. Yeah, the the current iteration of MAGA is complete bullshit. But yeah. I like I like what you're spitting out. Yeah, I'm going to run, like run for president for... Make America actually great again, so MAGA. What about MACA? MACA? Make Make America clown killing again? Oh, I like it, yeah. Yeah. With bump. Like a CK? Yeah. MACA? I like that, well, I was going to say I like that you've moved on from the homeless and you're killing clowns now, but... What's the difference? I forgot about the hobo clown. Basically, that's how you cross that that threshold, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. A little bit of a, you know, crossover. There's a lot of homeless people. Basically, it's, you know, they spend $5 on rot gut vodka, mm-hmm. $3 on makeup, and then go to kids' parties and, you know, touch them and shit. <laughs> like, they're not quality humans. I shouldn't laugh at Why did I laugh at that part? I don't know. I feel like that's over a lot. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. The line is a dot. We've established this. <sighs> yeah, I crossed it long ago. Uh, yeah. it's, it's it's too late for me. Save yourself, <laughs> Save listener. Save yourself. <laughs> <laughs> My mind is too far gone. Yeah. 
As long as you're listening, and you're like, ooh, ooh, I don't know about that. You're not like us, like, oh yeah, that's that's gold. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till my next party. When oh, I you still can, have a conscience that's cute. Uh, yeah, can't wait till I go to the next party and I'm like, hey, let me tell you a joke about killing the homeless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you become that, there's uh, there's no hope for you. But oh, what joke? There's probably still some good in your heart, listener. Okay, well, back to the story. In 1931, Benny was visiting with Frank Bolding, a fellow whiskey seller. Benny accused Frank of stealing from him. Benny would later say that Frank came at him with a knife, but his son, Ted, would later say that Frank never pulled the knife. Either way, Benny shot Frank Bolding in the throat and stood over him as he died. This time, though, justice was finally served, Greg. We're gonna get him. It's about time. Benny was arrested and sentenced to a two-year suspended sentence. Wait a second. Yeah, if you don't know what that means, listener, it means he never did a day in jail for this murder. Zero days. Zero days. See, Frank Bolding was black. Not a good time to be black. No, he was also illegally selling whiskey in 1930s Dallas. So, black whiskey bootlegger, 1930s Dallas. Hard to get justice. Yeah, no one in the justice system even cared about him. Well, but... Dallas was turning out to be a great place for Benny Binion to do business. Yeah, which means basically Dallas was a real shithole. <laughs> it really was. There's some parts I want to bring back. I want to see a rat fight a badger or a rat fight a rat find Greg. Next to a badger fighting a badger. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, a rat fighting a badger would not be entertaining. Mm-hmm. The badger would eat the rat immediately. Mm-hmm. Would you? Okay. You want to see a cat fight a rat? Mm. You dumb motherfucker. I am stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I would be the guy. Like, a badger will kill a cat. Yeah. And a cat will handily destroy a rat. Let's just keep going down this old woman who spired the swallowed the fly train. So what would beat a rat beat? And then what would that beat? And all the way down to the fly. Let's keep keep this going. I'd rather uh, go to break and drink more whiskey. Well, it's not break time. It's your time to talk. Oh, fuck. (laughs) forgot that I had to do things, too. Anyway, in 1928, Benny had begun moving away from the bootlegging business and into gambling. He started running what were called policy games, which were basically cheap lotteries. White gamblers looked down on policy games, and so, Binion set up his business in the Deep Ellum district of Dallas, which at the time was a black neighborhood. Yep. One reporter said of Deep Ellum, quote, It is the one spot in the city that needs no daylight saving time because there is no bedtime and working hours have no limits. The only place recorded on earth where business, religion, hoodooism, gambling, and stealing goes on at the same time without friction, end quote. What happened to that place, you know? We're both sort of familiar with Dallas being from Texas. Hmm. And we've both, uh, we've been to Deep Ellum. Yes. And it's a very... Uh, what's the word? Homogenized, very corporate feeling. Like, there's a bunch of restaurants and a couple of clubs. Yeah. It, it doesn't really feel like this place is like wild-ass party town, even though I think, I feel like Dallas wants to present it that way, but it, it doesn't feel like that. It feels very, okay, I'm a deep elm, whatever. Mm, I don't know, at times. Yeah. Binion employed runners in the neighborhoods to collect the betting slips, and the majority of them were black. They were appreciative for the work because he had paid his runners a 25% commission. But when one of them tried to take a little extra on the side, Benny put a pencil through the man's eye. Just like the Joker. Fuck! I'm gonna do a little magic trick. I'm gonna make this pencil disappear. Yeah. Mm. In 1933, a pharmacist who ran a bootlegging business asked Binion to track down someone who had stolen his stashed liquor. 
Benny never found the perpetrators, but he fell in love with and married the pharmacist's daughter, Teddy Jane Henderson. Teddy Jane. Oh, Teddy Jane. You know, I was at the strip club recently. Yeah. And I think you know this already, but all of the hot girls, they were named Teddy Jane. (laughs) (laughs) Such a seductive name. Oh, Theodore, come here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Benny and Teddy had to go to Oklahoma to get married because it was illegal in Texas for a 28-year-old to marry a 16-year-old girl. Mm. Imagine that. Benny's gambling empire spread throughout Dallas. He bought stakes in other casinos, including the Top of the Hill Terrace in Arlington, which was frequently visited by Hollywood stars and known mobsters. Yeah, it's because it was right uh, next to the train tracks, which that was one of the stops. They'd stop there and do a lot of illegal gambling and drinking and all that stuff. Yeah, and, you know, back then, all the celebrities, they couldn't, you know, they wanted to hang out, have a good time. This place was kind of secluded, couldn't really get raided real easy. And so they could go there. It was a lavish place. They could, you know, just hang out and gamble and see the show and all that. Uh, fun fact, Bonnie and Clyde actually visited it during their crime spree. And they stood out like a sore thumb because they looked so poor. They were so poor. Yep. As Benny's business interests grew, so did his brutal response to any perceived slight. In September of 1936, one man, Ben Frieden, was trying to get in on the Deep Ellum policy game action. Benny and his pal walked up to the man as he was sitting in his car. Benny slapped him in the face, which, man, that's pretty egregious. Yeah. And said, you son of a bitch, you're a sucker in this business. The two men then shot Frieden. Binion said he shot Frieden three times in the heart, and his friend, quote, just shot the piss out of him, end quote. I liked your, your Matthew McConaughey Southern draw. Thanks. I, it was nice. It was really nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, all right, yeah, all, all right. right. Benny turned himself in and made up some story about Frieden shooting at him first. The district attorney dropped the charges due to a lack of evidence, despite the fact that the shooting happened in broad daylight on a busy street. Years later, when Benny was asked if he paid off the DA, Benny said, quote, Well, I don't know. Maybe I had. <laughs> what? Yeah, Fuck! he did. Come Corrupt on. motherfuckers. That same year was the centennial celebration of Texan independence. In response, a celebration was held in Dallas. Nearby Fort Worth decided that they would draw the crowds from Dallas by promoting gambling and prostitution. Yep. And so, Dallas went ahead and made those things legal too. Benny bought the Southland Hotel on Main Street and started a casino. Soon, his operation expanded to at least 12 other hotels and casinos in Dallas, where he collected a 25% fee. I do like, we're going to celebrate Texas independence, all the, you know, the Honorable things all those guys did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, all the the great things these guys did to win us independence, the sacrifices they made, and all of a sudden Fort Worth's like, hey, come over here. We'll give you blowjobs and craps games. Yeah. Don't get and Dallas is like, oh sh- we can't keep up with that. And like no one cares about the history of this this state. No <laughs> one cares about the celebration. You yeah, come over here. We'll we'll give you blowjobs and crap games too, and history. That should be our tagline. Dude, it should. <laughs> yeah, nobody gave a shit about Texas then. There was no central air conditioning yet. Oh, yeah. Everybody here was a fucking degenerate. Can you imagine? That couldn't make it anywhere else. So the, they're like, <clears throat> the absolute odor that came from Frogtown with all those prostitutes just sweating in there. Mm. And their screen doors trapping in all the frog. Probably why it was called Frogtown. <laughs> you walk in and you just immediately croak from uh. the smell. 
Nice. Hey, hey. That was an awful joke. I'm sorry, <laughs> listener. Well, the operation became known as the Southland Syndicate. Binion hired known killers to be his enforcers. Bodies started showing up in the nearby Trinity River and vacant fields. On one occasion, Benny's thugs worked with another gang and stole $250,000 worth of narcotics. But he didn't feel like splitting the profits, so he had the other gang members killed. Another man, Otto Freyer, stole from Benny's dice games. Benny told his men to, quote, shoot the SOB in the guts and bury him alive. They did just that. Yeah, man, that that voice you got going, it's very smooth. It's Sam Elliott-esque. Yeah? Yeah. I just tell me beef. Oh, another Sioux City Sarsaparilla. <laughs> Dick Lebowski. <laughs> a man named Sam Murray was gunned down on Main Street in the middle of the day because he tried to run a gambling operation in Dallas. Murray's bodyguard, Herbert Noble, took over the business and bankrolled another dude named James Loudermilk. Loudermilk was also shot and killed in the middle of fucking downtown Dallas. And of course, the district attorney dropped both of these cases due to, uh... Hmm, what's it called? Payouts. Lack of evidence oh, yeah, is that the one. official name. That one, that one. Lack of evidence. Yeah. Herbert Noble continued to pay Benny his 25% cut, but his casino, the Airmen's Club, was growing, and Noble had backed two men that Binion had killed. So it was no surprise on January 12, 1946, when Noble was chased down by Benny's gunman and shot in the hip. Noble escaped and then ordered his henchmen to kill Bob Minyard, who was considered to be Benny's right-hand man. The war between Benny Binion and Herbert Noble had officially begun. I just sounded kind of law and ordery more than what you were going for. I like it, though, because, you know, like I said, it was kind of a true crime crossover episode. Uh, we got a little bit of history of Dallas. We'll get a little bit of history of another city here in a second. But, uh, yeah, man, you're you're looking pretty empty. Las already. Vegas. Yeah. Yes, I am. Okay. Running on E. Yeah. And uh, we have a little bit of a challenge coming up for Greg here in a second. Uh-oh. Uh, so he needs to refill that glass multiple times here in the next little bit. So let's take a break. Let's get some more booze in us and uh, come back ready to go. Let's fuck this dog. We are back from break. Just barely, though. Oh, barely. Yeah, it it took a lot. There's some smelling salts that are involved to get us up off the floor of this Denny's that we're Ooh. in. Abandoned Denny's. Yeah, but, you know. that's fine. Yeah, it's not. there's not families around us watching us just get drunker and drunker and talk about the horrible things throughout history and our own you know, personal lives. Well, just that one family in the corner. <laughs> yeah. You know, homeless ones. That- yeah, that you're holding hostage at gunpoint. I, you know what? There's no gun. I They're get, chained, and we're awaiting judgment. That's you, all I'm saying. Don't, uh, don't no s- guns. Don't sell yourself short. The first half of this podcast, he did the whole thing one-handed. The other hand was had a 38 special revolver just trained on this family of shivering homeless people. <laughs> homeless people are always shivering anyway. It's usually from, you know... Diphtheria. No. Well, what from, is diphtheria? I don't even know. It's just a... It's just it's, a fun disease. It's like when you uh, when you quit dipping. Oh, okay. You know, and you're going through withdrawals. Yeah, that's, like that's why homeless people shake. By the way, is withdrawals. Mm-hmm. 
Dip, diphtheria is when you you quit dipping and the nicotine just has a hold of your life. Especially and, in Texas. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. So they got it. They get some more chaw in them. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So speaking of Texas. Well, no. Hold on, Greg. Hold on, Gregory, before we get back into the story. We got to talk about our challenge. The Greg oh. challenge. I see that you have a small glass of scotch over there. We've deviated a little bit from the original. I mean, it's, yeah, it's probably three ounces of scotch. I don't okay. know if that's a small glass. Small, sure. tiny, insignificant glass of uh, scotch. It's basically a thimble glass. <laughs> it's just a thimble. We're about to talk about the uh, the war between Benny Binion and Herbert Noble. And it's kind of a one-sided war. Would you not agree? I would agree. So, Greg, the challenge I'm going to issue to you, and I don't, you, you don't have a child. My child watches all these YouTube videos. Big thing is challenges on YouTube. What if your child's my child? You know uh, what I mean? Uh, I'll consult my wife later. Okay. But, uh, but the big thing on YouTube's is the channel, the challenges. You're supposed to do give these crazy things to get views from all these children. Yeah. So to get eat Tide Pods. So to get uh, views from childrens. Every time someone attempts to kill Herbert Noble, I want you to take a drink. Can you do that for me? Yes. Okay. Are you sure you can do that for me? Do you know what's coming? I do. The okay. listener does not. <laughs> okay. I'm okay with that, though. I will pace myself accordingly. Okay. I believe in you. Thank you. I never believed in him. Okay. Let's get it back into this amusing story, Gregory. Okay. On August of 1946, well, this month, it wasn't shaping up to be great for Benny Binion. He'd sent a gambler to kill Herbert Noble, but the gambler had wussed out and only shot at Noble's feet before giving up. Greg? Mm, there we go. Okay. Worse, a new sheriff was elected that had taken large contributions from Herbert Noble and given off the appearance that he was going to take on gambling in Dallas. Likewise, a new young hotshot DA was elected to replace the one that Benny had been paying for years. Hot-bodied DA. Mm, he probably was. DA stands for dick-ass in the <laughs> fantasy world. <laughs> Just got a mm. nice penis and butt. Mm, show me your scales of justice, baby. Mm. <laughs> I know one of those balls hangs lower than the others, just like the scale of justice. I'm going to put on a blindfold. You do what you got to do. <laughs> just call me Lady Justice. <laughs> I do I do like to dress up and go out on Saturday nights and, you know, in the clubs and be like, my name's Lady Justice. Why don't you tip my scales, baby? <laughs> J-U-S-T-I-S. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as this old DA left office, the one Benny had been paying, he sent a message to Benny that if he didn't get out of town, he'd be arrested or dead pretty soon. Hmm. Yeah, serious message. Take it seriously. Yeah, I would. So Benny did. Benny packed up and headed west to Las Vegas. Greg, give us your rendition of Viva Las Vegas. We got plenty of time. Here we go. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. And I died taking a shit. <laughs> I'm dead on the toilet. Oh, I was actually just talking about this yesterday. Me and a couple guys were talking about how good bacon is, you know? Mm -hmm. And I let loose the little factoid. Did you know? And I heard this somewhere. I, <laughs> I, I have no idea if it's true. Mm -hmm. But Elvis had apparently bowls of 
cooked bacon around his house. No shit. So that as he walked through it, he'd just pick up some crispy bacon and... I mean, that sounds really good, but cold, cold bacon isn't the greatest. No, cold crispy bacon, it doesn't matter. It's like It's like eating... Uh, potato chips at room temperature. Mm. You know, yeah, it's right. like there's nothing to be cold because well, yeah, there's, there's no longer. There's that middle ground where it's between cooked and a little bit greasy, and then just crispy. Like, I like crispy. super crispy. Yeah, and I imagine if he's doing that, it was crispy. Oh, he probably was. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, I like it. I I do like it. Died on the toilet because he had... even lost bacon. Viva. <laughs> 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 Well, Las Vegas was growing following World War II and had become a haven of mob-controlled casinos. And gambling was legal. Benny was even there on the day the Flamingo opened and would later say, Well, that was the biggest whoop de doo I ever saw. They ever did seen. Yeah, give me, give me your, uh, your Sam Elliott Benny Binion. Well, that was the biggest whoop de doo I ever seen. <laughs> I love it, man. I do. You can almost picture the mustache. I do. Uh, fun fact about Vegas in this time period. Uh, back in this time, you know, nowadays, as soon as Greg's wife pisses him off, he divorces her and remarries her because she has nowhere to stay and he feels sorry for her. Back- She's gotten half my money so many times. <laughs> I'm almost penniless. Yeah. Back then, you had to be separated for a lengthy amount of time before anyone would grant a divorce. Well, Nevada became famous because they granted the six-week separation divorce, the quickie divorce. And so you'd have all these single mom or soon to be single mom hey. milfs. Hey, how you doing, ladies? They moved to some you coogs. They moved to Nevada, stay there for six weeks, get their divorce. Suddenly they're single, and you have all these guys working on the Hoover Dam. All these guys who move there after World War II on their projects. And hey, 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 hey fancy hey, seeing you at the jazz hey, bar. Hey, how you doing? Hey, hey, all right, sit back. Relax. <laughs> Take this pill. <laughs> and then they pinch him on the ass and tell him, oh, you can stand to lose a few pounds, couldn't you? <laughs> uh, another Michael uh, Collins call by. Yeah. All right. Well, Binion took control of the Las Vegas Club, which was a rundown old casino with sawdust floors. He instantly gained notoriety in Vegas when he removed betting limits at his casino, which allowed the high rollers to flock to the Vegas Club. And of course... His brutal methods of dealing with people he felt slighted him didn't change one bit. Mm-mm. When one of his employees was caught stealing from him, the man was shot and killed in the middle of the casino floor. It's God fi- damn it. It's fine. We'll just like comp some crab legs or something. Free- just roll them up in the fucking shitty, yeah. ugly carpet they have on those things. Yeah. And the pit boss is like, eh, don't pay attention to that. Just do you want insurance on this fucking card? <laughs> <laughs> This time, though, the henchman who'd done the shooting was actually convicted. Yay! Oh, my God. Benny was so impressed by the attorney that he convicted his goon that he hired the attorney to be his personal lawyer, and the two became lifelong friends. Besties for life. Yeah, keep your enemies closer. That's what I always say. BFF. That's why I started this podcast with you. Oh, we're, we're BFFs. Mm. Butt-fucking friends, mm. right? Mm. Is that what this is? Well, I just thought you were t- taking advantage of me because I wanted to talk about history, and you're like, mm, okay, but it's going to come at a price. Well, we made that pact that on the 16th of every month, if our wives were working, that we... Am I saying too much? No, 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 no. Uh, well, let's just... Let's, 
let's go back to the story. S- stay tuned for this hangover that's releasing on March 16th. We'll see what happens at oh, the end of the no. <laughs> All right, Greg, are you ready? You got your drink ready there? I do it always. Okay. I'm uh, like Julian on fucking Trailer Park Boys. It's just always sitting there right in my, <laughs> just in re- my hand, just ready, ready to, go. to go. Okay. Well, on May 20th, 1948, Herbert Noble was pulling into his ranch when a shotgun blast hit him in the arm and the wrist. Well, he drove to his house. He had survived assassination attempt number three. Mm. All right, there's mm. another drink. Okay, here we go. <sighs> on February 14th, 1949, also known as Valentine's Day. Valentine's? That's what I said. Okay. One of his employees at the Airmen's Club saw someone crawling under Noble's car. The police responded and found dynamite and blasting caps under the car. Noble had survived attempt number four, Greg. Ah, oh, I love this episode. Yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> and on September 7th, Noble noticed a black car driving around his fence line. Noble gave chase, at which point the occupants jumped out and opened fire. Noble was struck in the leg by a bullet, but survived assassination attempt number Five. It's all going a little bit fast. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. I'm starting to feel bad for this guy. He he's not the best guy. He ran his own illegal gambling operation. He assassinated Benny Binion's top guy. But Benny Binion is persistent. (laughs) He totally is. He's going after this guy. We're not even halfway through. How much whiskey you got left there? You gonna be okay? Yeah. We're doing this because I can't do this because I have to drive home. Greg has his chauffeur who will take him home, yeah. and, and so he can drink all he wants. I have to kind of moderate a little bit because it's, I got it's part of Wolf Dick's disability compensation. Is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we get a handy tram. Yeah, the ride home, which is basically you know I just take him any any time I go get drunk and <laughs> yeah. free ride home. <laughs> it's something provided to us by the Richards family for taking in their disabled son. Attempt number six, Greg. Wolf Richards. It's Wolf Tholomew Richards the third, the fourth. <laughs> he was injured in a horse dr- dancing accident. Uh, Attempt number six, Greg, came on November 29th. Noble had decided to get out of the casino business and was going to open a private airfield. Good for him. Benny Binion's been fucking with him. Time to just, you know what? Okay, I'm done, Benny. Go yeah, but him. Benny's like, I got the Airmen's Club. You're opening an airfield. Fucking die. Related. On the 29th, he decided to take his wife's car to pick up the bankers because it, uh, her car had more room in it. Later that day, his wife, Mildred, jumped in Herbert's car to run some errands. As soon as she turned the ignition, the car exploded, and she was killed instantly. Pour one out for Mildred, Greg. Into your mouth. Oh, I did. Fuck. <laughs> It was at this point that Noble began to lose his goddamn mind, and who could blame him, right? Yeah, at this point? Yeah. Fuck. He's been... They've tried to kill him six times. Attempt they, number two, and I'd just be like, <laughs> hold up in my room. Yeah. Fucking rifles at the ready. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? What's that guy? What's that guy doing? Oh, it's the mailman. Fucking mailman. <sighs> well, anyways, Noble lit up his house and yard like a fucking prison. Just floodlights everywhere. He got six chihuahuas for protection. Mm. Mm. They bark at anything. They do. It's fucking genius. They are incredibly vicious dogs. They they don't have a lot of bite, but they they will attack the shit out of anything. They are they they don't realize how small they are. They'll just fucking bark. Yeah, I that's guess, all you need. Yeah, I guess that's true. 
Don't need six Doberman pinchers you no. know, to run down these guys that are attacking you. Chihuahuas, that's fine. Well, you can throw poison meatballs at the pinchers. Yeah. You throw a poison meatball at the chihuahua, he's going to bark at it for five minutes before he <laughs> eats it because they're retarded. And then he'll, he'll start spouting I'm off. I'm not allowed to say that word anymore, am I? No. Uh, they're... Tarted, thank you. Oh, tarted. Yes. Tarted. Yeah, and then they'll... Thank well, you. And one of them will start spouting out like Taco Bell slogans. And oh, like, you'll get a meatball. Yeah, and they're like, oh shit, somebody's here. That dog wants a meatball. <laughs> <laughs> well, Noble also slept with a rifle. In the response to killing of his wife, he personally killed Lois Green. That's a dude who has a, a, a weird spelled name. Maybe it's Lois, but it's spelled Lois. It's Lois. Lois Green. L-O-I-S. Yeah. He was Benny Binion's number one assassin. But uh, you think uh, retaliating against Benny Binion would stop the attacks? You don't know Benny Binion. Oh, I wish it would. Yeah. Nope, but... Uh, this is all coming so fast. <laughs> But on New Year's Eve, Herbert Noble was shot in the arm and the hip. He was sent to Methodist Hospital in Dallas, where on February 6th, a gunman fired a 30 caliber rifle into his hospital room. Noble had survived attempts number seven and eight. Greg, give us a double here. One 1,000, two 1,000. We got it. Okay, there we go. I'm not taking full fucking gulps, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. Lieutenant Butler of the Dallas Police was in charge of the Mildred Noble homicide investigation, and he'd become friends with Herbert. One afternoon, Butler found Noble loading up a biplane on his ranch. Biplane, Greg. I mean, it's not unheard of, but come on. The plane had been loaded with one high-explosive bomb and one napalm bomb. What are you going to do with those, Herbert? What are you going to do? They're going all out, man. Yeah. Noble told Butler that he was going to fly to Las Vegas and bomb Benny Binion's house and kill his whole family. So, surely, Noble's fucked. Yes, at this point. But he's basically lost his whole mind. He's like, I can't stop this. I I agree. There's nothing I can do to stop this, so I'm just going to kill his whole family by bombing him with a biplane, you know, from 1,800 miles away, however far it is, from Dallas to Vegas. Just... And today, <laughs> if you said something like that, mm-hmm. you would be in jail for a while just yeah. for saying it. Yes. This dude had all of the stuff He's and ready it was to go. set up ready to go. Yeah. And what happened to him? Uh, he was not arrested. Oh. Because, you know, Dallas. Hey. Uh, we're doing good, Dallas. Uh, but Butler, you know, he did the right thing. He took the bombs away from him. What did they do with the bombs? Good old 50s. It's <laughs> so crazy, man. Oh. In June of 1950, Noble was leaving a bar when someone unloaded a shotgun into his car. He was unhurt. Assassination attempt number nine. Gregory. Oh. Mm, I love this game. Ugh. Okay. It's all punishment for you. Yay. Okay, just go ahead and pull the glass up to your face, Greg, because attempts number 10 and 11 were foiled when Noble found the bombs that Binion's men had placed inside the engine compartments of his two airplanes. Just just finish it off, man. You got this. Oh, yeah. So pretty. Mm. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> it's not meant to be drank that way. I, no, it's not. I wish I would have had bourbon for this part. Why did I switch to scotch? God. <laughs> And an Isla at that. Oh, so smoky. <laughs> Just like the the bombs and shotguns. I'm squinting and... my eye. I can't stop squinting my eyes. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, this is why we podcast, people. Pass over that uh, Walter. You got the Walter turkey? Here we go. Oh, it's so far. Oh, thank you. We sit far away from each other to keep from contracting coronavirus. He passed it through a little mesh netting made <laughs> out of N95 masks. Yeah, we're both naked, though. I don't understand why that's you know happening. It's for my personal enjoyment. <laughs> okay. you. I mean, you're the main host. I just listen to you. I do what you tell me. Creative control. <laughs> oh, nobody told you, Chris. Mm. Uh, you have to take off your clothes. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? I just want to make it in the industry. I'm willing to do anything, Mr. Mr. Uh, Greg. <laughs> Go ahead and get on your knees as you take off those clothes. Oh, I'm Hashtag just, you too. I'm just like a, a Fox News anchor right now. <laughs> just one of those pretty blonde girls. Did anything to make it in the industry. I illegally downloaded that movie today. Did you? <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, of course, everyone knew that Benny Benyon was behind these assassination attempts even if there was no real way to tie them to him. He was in Las Vegas running a casino and dealing with the licensing board. In fact, in May of 1951, he bought an old Fremont Street casino and reopened it as the Horseshoe Casino, which you might know and love today. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would be his Las Vegas legacy. Still, someone had to be offering the $50,000 bounty on Herbert Noble's head, right? Yeah. Ah, it probably wasn't Benny, though. Nah, it's, yeah, just, just, you know. Random dude. Some dude. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) The poor bastard Herbert Noble would finally meet his end on August 7th, 1951. He climbed into his car and made the drive from his house to his mailbox on his ranch in Denton County, Texas. Noble's life had completely fallen apart. He was an alcoholic. (laughs) No judgment. (laughs) His only daughter had abandoned him, and he had practically cut her out of his will, agreeing to leave her only $10. Which, you know, back then is like a billion, but it's fine. Yeah, like she's rich beyond measure after this. (laughs) There were rumors that he had started a revenge fund to pay any person who killed Benny Binion in the event that Herbert was finally killed. He's so in his head. Benny Binion's living in that head rent-free. I don't know if it's (laughs) rent-free, but yeah. (laughs) He's paying a lot to... To get this done. As Noble pulled up to his mailbox, he parked his car right on top of the bombs that Benny's assassins had buried under the driveway. One of them touched a copper wire to the barbed wire fence, grounding the connection. The bomb went off, and the car and Herbert Noble were blown to fucking pieces. Fun fact, they only recovered shoulders up of Herbert Noble. The rest was just pulp. Mm Mm-hmm, just Pooping intestines everywhere. Pulp fact. (laughs) It would take 90 minutes for anyone to find Noble's body. Police swarmed the ranch. The postal inspector even showed up and swore that someone would serve jail time for destroying a mailbox. We're gonna get him, fellas! (laughs) In the end, no one would ever be arrested for Herbert Noble's death. Part of the reason why this might have been was because the sheriff in charge of the investigation was literally blind from a shotgun blast to the face he had suffered years before. <laughs> this is, I love this part. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He and a seeing-eye dog would later be killed when they wandered into the roadway and were hit by a passing car. <laughs> Whoops. This is a terrible seeing-eye dog. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for laughing at this part, but I know. it's funny. Yeah, we've somehow... Like, fuck the homeless and clowns and, <laughs> you know... Yeah. All that. Yes, all that. My trauma from my uncle in my childhood, but I, f- I do feel bad that 
your this blind dude and his dog died. <laughs> I hit my car. Never mind. I don't. That's, it's, it's funny. It's funny. You have a blind sheriff investigating crimes, investigating murders. <laughs> <laughs> he hit by a car. Uh, yeah, it is pretty stupid. You couldn't make that shit up. Benny had won the war against Noble, but now he was fighting a different war entirely. One against the U.S. government. Nevada had denied his casino license for the horseshoe, and he was under investigation for tax evasion in Texas. J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI were extremely interested in seeing Binion arrested. Which, uh, Hoover's kind of known as a piece of shit in a lot of ways. Yes. But if you can say anything about him, he is a man dedicated to cross-dressing. Yes, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. And doing his job. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. he was a staunch you know, believer in consequences for your actions, man. He, he would go yeah. after everybody. So in September of 1953, Benny Binion pled guilty to tax evasion and was sentenced to five years at Leavenworth Prison in Kansas. That's big boy prison. Yeah, Leavenworth you know, just was a, so you know. a big deal. That was the new Alcatraz at this point. That's where they sent everybody who was like the mobsters, the yeah. the real bad guys the FBI really wanted. Leavenworth, the bad boy. Yeah. Yeah. Despite the fact that Vegas had been founded by the mob and was known for its own brand of corruption, Benny's gambling license was completely revoked. Oh, uh, you can't make them look bad, though. That was the thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. If the shit's going on, they'll turn a blind eye. As soon as it starts picking up heat, yeah. all right, you're fucked. Yeah. While in prison... Binion was evaluated and was found to have an IQ of 89 and was mostly illiterate, which 89, it's not that low. It's average-ish. It's low average. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, I strive to get there someday. Dude. I mean, (laughs) maybe. We'll see. If they change, like, their grading criteria. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. If these brain pills I've been taking that I bought at the gas station start working. We'll see, man. You got this, man. Yeah. I, I believe in you. Thank you. Still, everyone loved him and found him to be a model prisoner. He even converted to Catholicism, which of course had nothing to do with the fact that the priest would smuggle Benny steaks in exchange for money paid by Teddy Jane Binion. Oh, Good no. Good old Teddy Jane. He didn't eat them during Lent, though. He ate fish. He had him smuggle in some salmon during Lent. Mm, probably. <laughs> Good old Teddy Jane. Mm. Hey, Teddy. Fine-ass Theodore James. <laughs> Girl, I want to see you put on some spectacles, go with that mustache. Mm, put oh, on, yeah. Put on that hat. Get on that war horse. Mm. Oh. I'm going to be the rough rider tonight, baby. Lead us into battle. Oh. Uh, listener, if you don't find that funny, you don't know anything about history. I know. Which is why you should keep listening keep, to yeah, us. Yeah, keep listening. Eventually, we'll do something <laughs> on, on that that makes it make sense for you. Yeah, probably. Yeah. He would be up for parole multiple times over the next few years, but would be denied each time. Finally, in 1957, with just over 100 days left in his sentence, Benny was released because the Supreme Court had agreed to hear his appeal. He returned to Las Vegas, where he became an informant for the FBI, a secret he held so well that when he died, his closest friends and relatives refused to believe it. Yeah. Oh, he ain't no rat. He ain't no, no rat. He, he ain't no, no rat. He ain't, I know that Benny. He ain't no snitch, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, the reason they didn't believe it and the reason it's not a a huge deal is because he he only gave them itty-bitty, bitty things. Like, oh, this mobster's in town this weekend. Maybe you should watch him. 
itty bitty bitty things. Mm. This mobster is a part of the itty bitty titty committee. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> That's the most dangerous Ah, mob. we ain't gonna believe it, eh? <laughs> She's a surfboard, you see? Gotta, you gotta give us something more, eh? <laughs> You got more than a B cup, see? We're not interested. We're the itty bitty titty committee. <laughs> you got more than a B cup, see? We need a C cup, see? A C, a C, C, C. You're not hearing me. A C, see? Sir, are you speaking Spanish right now? C, C. Okay. <laughs> oh. Of course, none of that changed the way Benny operated his own business. In 1967, he got word that a cab driver named Marvin Shoemate was going to kidnap his adult son, Ted. Mm-hmm. You know. Get nice. him. Well, you know, just a nice creative name, like, like the Audens of today well, and he, the, the Marleys. Well, he was Teddy Jane Binion Jr. People don't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> the junior of the month. <laughs> yes. Okay. Equally attractive. I didn't know that worked. <laughs> Days later, the body of Shoemate was found in the desert, shot in the chest with a shotgun, and in the face with a free fit. Free fifty seven. A free fifty seven. <laughs> a three fifty seven. I doubt it cost him a thing, though. No, yeah, other than free. his life. Mm. I like that they shot him in the shotgun with the or shot him in the chest with a shotgun. I'm like, uh huh. You think that's enough? Mm. Well, who, you don't know what order it was in. Yeah. That's true. That is true. He shot him. It was a face, and then it's like, all right, well, the heart's here. He for sure can't survive. Either, either way, it seems, like, it seems like one would be enough, you know? Well, in 1972, when a lawyer who owned the land the horseshoe was built upon demanded that Benny pay an increased lease payment, the lawyer's car mysteriously exploded when he started it in a parking garage, and the dynamite under it went off. What a wild coincidence. It, you know what happens to everybody? You're just parked in a parking garage and, you know, it, you didn't pay attention when you're pulling into the parking space and there was dynamite under the under your car. God damn it. I uh, parked on top of that dynamite uh, again. Oh, uh, it's connected to my starter. Uh, I don't know how that happens. You know, it's just mysteries of nature. Yeah. Yeah. Magnetism and such. Yeah. Things I don't understand. Who knows how magnets work? Yeah. Yeah. In addition to all of the murdering and tax fraud, Benny Binion also completely changed the way Las Vegas did business. Okay, here's where we're going. We're getting into why he's lovable, right? Yeah. Eh, ish. Yeah. Ish. <laughs> he took the limits off of his games, which allowed for big pots. So a lot of the times when you would go to casinos, you could bet on something, but you could only bet so much. Yeah. What he did was he took that limit away. Yeah. So you could bet basically an unlimited amount so you could lose a lot but you could also win a lot yeah and that's exciting that that's part of the uh allure of vegas is the whole winning big thing yeah there's one story where a guy comes in and he wins four hundred thousand dollars on craps but he keeps playing and this is back in fucking this is the middle ages basically (laughs) yeah Back when I could go see a movie and get a tub of popcorn for a penny, and they give me a half a penny change. <laughs> I got the old hey penny change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this guy comes in, he wins $400,000 playing craps. And then they're like, well, why don't you keep playing? He plays so long that he starts getting overheated. They, put, they start pouring ice cold beer on his feet to cool him off. 
and eventually he loses $370,000 of that four hundred grand before he walks away, and he comes back the next week and loses even more. And that's what Benny realized. The more you let people win, the more they're willing to stay and lose. Benny made sure that everyone, not just the high rollers, were given free drinks and were comped rooms and dinners when they were on a roll. Exactly what you're saying, Chris, is you know you, you keep these people invested. Yeah. You, you treat them like royalty. They're inclined to stay. Yeah. And the longer they stay, the more likely they are to run out of their luck. Yeah, that's one of the things he said was something along the lines of, uh, you want to make money, you make the poor man feel like a rich man. And so that's what they do. Anytime this trucker come in and gamble his whole check, Benny would comp him a room or give him, you know, free meals. And he feels like a fucking king when he walks into the, the casino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And boom goes the dynamite. And that is exactly what every casino does right now. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut off your... Were you going to do something? It was, it was just a good pun. Yeah, it was a good pun. Yeah, and, uh, It was a good pun. Oh, I'm sorry. You old dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pass me back that wild turkey. Okay. Well, Benny even made sure that his frequent patrons were driven to and from the airport and limos. But the biggest change Benny made to Vegas was bringing No Limit Texas Hold'em to the national spotlight. Poker had always been a backroom game where the players basically ran the risk of being cheated, robbed, or killed. But Binion saw an opportunity to draw a crowd and decided to host a tournament of the world's best and most interesting poker players. He called it the World Series of Poker. There you go. I'm sure you've all heard of today. Yeah, and the the key part there is the most interesting players. Yeah. He didn't really care if the you were... The best and most interesting. Yeah, he didn't really care if you were the best. Mm-hmm. Like, you had the best. You had, like, the Dole Brunsons and guys like that who could come in and win. But like anything in Las Vegas, it's all about the spectacle. Yes. Yeah, and... Uh, this is before, you know, obviously before modern day where it's a, a national event, but he found that you've had all these people, hundreds of people gathered around the rails watching people play poker, mm-hmm. which if you don't actually watch somebody play poker, if you only watch it on TV, it's incredibly boring to watch professionals play poker. Yes. They fold 80% of the time. Probably more than that. They don't play, you know, the vast majority of the times. And when they do, most, you know, there's not a lot of action. When you're watching poker on TV, it's a, it's a highlight reel. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, imagine you're watching a sprint on TV, and then you wouldn't watch it in real life, and it's it's 40 miles of guys walking around the track real slow, looking at their fucking phones for, you know, like four hours, and then they run. And that's what you get they on They sprint TV. for like 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. is what poker is on TV. Yeah. A compilation of that 20 seconds of every person. Yes. As he got older, it seemed like Benny's wild streak was inherited by his children. His son, Ted, became addicted to heroin and blew money like crazy. He shot it into his poop. (laughs) (laughs) And then left the hypodermic needles there. Yep. We're doing way too many callbacks this episode. You need to listen to all of our episodes. (laughs) His daughter, Barbara, also got hooked on drugs and died of an overdose. Set horn! (laughs) On the other hand, his son, Jack, would be the official license holder of the horseshoe and ran it for nearly 50 years. But if anyone was caught cheating or stealing at the horseshoe, Jack made sure that the casino security beat them to hell before kicking them out. That's the old Vegas, man. Oh, yeah. Old school. Movie Vegas. Yeah. I like it. I mean, because I'm not smart enough to cheat at casinos. (laughs) If I was, I would hate it. Yeah. (laughs) Over the years, Benny became a beloved figure in Las Vegas. So stupid. What's that? Uh, A big part of this book, it kind of... 
I don't know if the author's intending this, but it humanizes Benny. A lot of the, the you know, he makes him sound like this. I agree. Down to down to earth, you know, just hey, hey, you know, yeah, I'll kill and, you if you do and me wrong. He completely brushes over all the horrible fucking yeah, things it, that he's yeah, done. That's what feels like. It's, it's weird. It's kind of like um, like oh, he's just lovable old man at this point. Yeah, the, no, god damn it. We we we. He's te- awful. Yeah, we texted about this during the the Michael Collins series when I'm you know researching Michael Collins and it talks about how he's kind of a prick to everybody. Like mm-hmm. he cheat at cards and get in fights and steal people's shit. Yeah, and how historian writers, you know, true crime writers, they they kind of make it like, oh, this lovable scamp. Look what he's doing. Look at all these people he's killing. Oh, that's hilarious. It's way more understandable with Michael Collins. Yeah. <laughs> he had a, goal, a legitimate goal. Let a revolution. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, this, this guy... This dude's completely in it for himself. He gave free drinks at casinos, so... Okay. Same, same, same. <laughs> Round same, of applause, same. Wolf Dick. Let's do it. Same, same. <laughs> same, same. Well, like I was saying, you know, he he became a beloved figure in Vegas. As time passed, he became known less and less for his criminal empire, obviously. Yeah. And more for his fun-loving attitude and his philanthropy around Vegas. On his 83rd birthday, he threw a party in Vegas with free admission and free beer. Okay, I love him. Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) 18,000 people showed up and began to chant Benny's name. In a town that loved gangsters, Benny had become the most loved of them all. Well, I hate to break it to you, listener. Mm-hmm. Somebody born in 1904, mm-hmm. they're dead. What? Benny Binion died of heart failure on Christmas Day, 1989. Just, Benny, you know, just like Jesus came into the world. Gone with the wind. Benny Binion. Benny Binion's world. basically the same as Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <God> damn it. <laughs> in 2004... Harris Entertainment bought the failing Horseshoe Casino Empire and sold off the Fremont Street location, which is now simply known as Binion's, even though it has no actual association with the family. They also bought the rights to the World Series of Poker, and they're the ones that turned it into this massive spectacle that we know today. Yes. Yeah. Benny's Las Vegas ranch was abandoned and run down. A statue of Benny on a horse that had graced Fremont Street was sold for a dollar and placed inside a casino outside of Vegas. And naturally, there is almost nothing commemorating Benny Benyon in Dallas, Texas. Still, anyone who goes to Vegas today will feel the effect that Benny had on the city and the gambling industry, even if they don't realize how many bodies it took to get there. End of story. That is the end of our story. (laughs) All right, Gregory. It is time for Las Vegas's favorite prop bet. What is your mis- misconception or surprising thing you learned? Um, for me, it's literally the entire story. Yeah, I I knew nothing about it. I didn't either until uh, Nick pointed it out. You you did the uh, the cursory glance over Benny Binion. Yeah, and you suggested like, hey, we should actually uh, we should make this one of our episodes. Give me titty. Well, to be but f- I looked at it and it's interesting as shit. Well, to be fair, Nick proposed it as you should do a story on Benny Binion, the the founder or king or whatever of Texas Hold'em, which he wasn't. He created the World Series of Poker, but this story, 
I don't care about the poker. Well, I lo- as we've both said, Nick is an idiot. Yeah, so he absolutely is. I once lo- I once I realized it was Nick calling in. <laughs> I, I checked out. I was like, oh, well, that's nice of him. Started daydreaming uh, about yeah. you know. Didn't even finish the voicemail. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Bas- I basically. I want to eat for lunch today. Mm-hmm. No, but you know, I we both play poker. We both enjoy poker. We we know the rules and kind of the you know the spectacle around it, but. You know, if that was this story, it would not be interesting. But all of the killings and the 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 absolute shit that Benny got away with, fucking crazy. It's man. insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no idea any of that existed. Yeah, I was right there with you. So I'm not even going to do a surprise misconception because I had the same same thing. exact thing. Yeah, I had <laughs> yeah. no idea anything about this story. This yeah. story existed. So I guess they don't always have to be different. No. Because sometimes we don't know the story, and some, especially when a, a listener suggests something we should look at, we might not know what it is. And here we are; we both learned about it. And we're like, "Man, that is fucking crazy." Let's let's put some penis in that story. Yeah. Mm. So I think this is like the third listener suggestion that we've tackled. So feel free to send us in uh, your suggestions because we like them. We do, yeah. especially with stuff like this. A lot of the times when we when we decide to do a story. We know a little bit about it. Yeah. This one, completely in the dark. So it was fun. It was yeah. fun to learn about something new. Yeah, it absolutely was. And I think it shows that we we love our listeners. You know, you guys are... Speak for yourself. <laughs> you guys are very supportive. And everybody who listens, you know, that I know in a personal capacity is, hey, have you looked at this? Have you looked at this? And sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is that's coming. Uh, but in rare occasions like this, it's like, no, I've never heard of that story. Let me let me look into that. Let me see what we can do with that. And We it, do have some really good listeners. We really do. We, yeah, I really do enjoy our listener base. Um, the guys that are willing to put up with all of our stupid jokes. <laughs> yeah. You know, to get through to the serious stories. And gals. Yeah. And the gals. Hey, ladies. Hey. Hey, thanks for listening. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm twirling my mustache that I don't have, but... Imagine I had a mustache and, I, and we were at a bar together And I was just twisting the end of it Looking at you with my turtleneck sweater mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh so, god How do you like your eggs in the morning? <laughs> Off the rails This, this is done Alright Greg, take us home Alright again, find us 100proofhistory.com mm-hmm. You can see all our social media And all of its naked glory there mm-hmm. You yeah. can uh, get links to all of our episodes, uh, and you can see our Patreon. Uh, we're about to record, as Chris said earlier, our 10th hangover. And after that, it's going to be behind the paywall. Mm-hmm. But check out our Patreon. That's just cheap as a motherfucker. Okay, so yeah, if you go to our Patreon, uh, it's launching on March 16th. We'll We'll go ahead and put that date on there. Uh, $1, it's just good feels, man. You get good feels for donating to us. You also get a bonus free, you don't have to do shit about it, entry into any giveaway we have. $2 gets you a early access to our episodes. You get an episode on Tuesday instead of Thursday, like these regular plebs. Uh, and you also get two bonus entries. $3 gets you the hangovers, which... We pour a lot of energy into. We really love doing the hangovers. I think it's it's kind of my favorite part of the week, actually. Me too. It's just kind of and it's every Monday. Yeah, it's loosey goosey. Um, so three dollars give you hangovers, two days early access, and 
five extra entries into our giveaways. Boom. And the $5 tier. The $5 tier gets you all that stuff and 10 entries into our giveaways, and it really shows that you love us. And I will give you unlimited titty pics. Oh, so many titty pics. With the tassel? They're mm-hmm. my titties. Uh, that's fine. So I don't have the mastectomy scar. No. But yet. I'll, yeah, I, I could buy one mm-hmm. come Halloween time when they're cheaper, <laughs> and then do one tassel, one paste-on mastectomy scar, and I will twirl it hey, if you in could- a video. For you, listener. If you give us $5 a month, I'll give you both tassels, no mastectomy. I will mastectomize my titty (laughs) for $5 a month. I will make it a real scar. Oh, that's dedication, people. All right. Disclaimer, that's a lie. (laughs) Well, Greg, do you have anything else for these lovely humans that listen to us? Uh, yeah, I no. Okay. Well, we'll see you next time, guys. We'll see you on Monday for our very last free hangover. And hopefully, after that, we'll see you for our very first paid hangover. Love you guys. See all two of you then. tripod i wish i had a what is oh like a someone with a giant dick like a no three dudes with giant dicks (laughs) i would be the pod and they would try me oh okay (laughs) it doesn't make sense okay they would be the three legs Uh going into my body oh all three of them into you yes so you got butt mouth you can dock the other guy like red vine him Twister. Oh no, uh double butt. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. I got you. Okay. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Creative editor. <laughs> Death of a friendship. Ah, I can't even do a Neil Young impersonation right now. Southern Maine. Good, we don't need one. Let's go. <laughs> well, Las Vegas is growing. Las Vegas are growing. <laughs> You can't help it, you stupid bitch. (laughs) Your predilections are your own and you know them well. My mouth is full of Isla. I'm right there. (laughs) Just just say something dirty, baby. I'm almost done. (laughs) Finger in my butt. Oh.